שבוע טוב. כולכם ברוכים תהיו רבותיי. This is Rabbi Albaz speaking from the J-Root station, a great station, station דברי תורה, דברי מוסר, דברי הלכה. And today I'm going to speak about the parasha of yesterday, parashat לך לך. The Pirkei Avot tells us, עשרה ניסיונות נתנסה אברהם אבינו ועמד בכולם. That there were ten tests that Abraham Avinu was subjected to by Akadosh Baruch Hu, and he withstood them all. He passed them all successfully without any pikpuk, without any hesitation. Whether Hashem is telling him, leave your land, or do the milan yourself, or take your son to the slora, there was absolutely no hesitation from Abraham Avinu. That was part of the greatness of Abraham Avinu. But there are different opinions as to what the ten tests were. Rashi tells us, for example, that the first two tests uh, are not even mentioned in the Torah. The first one, he says, is when Abraham Avinu was going around proclaiming the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Nimrod, the king at the time, was, was angry at him. He didn't want uh, to uh, reverse everything that was going on in his government at the time. I would say that was the law of the land at the time. So he wanted him out. So he went and hid on the ground for 13 years. Rashi says that was the first Nisayon. The second Nisayon was finally, after he was apprehended, and brought to King Nimrod. So Nimrod says to him, what are you doing? You're a rebel. You have to agree now. I'm God. Nimrod, that was Nimrod, he's God. So Abraham says to him, it's very simple. You're God? Okay. We know today the sun rises from the east and it sets in the west. You, God, make tomorrow the sun rise from the west and let it set in the East. If you do that, then you are God. Obviously, he could not do that. And he sees that this man is a wise guy. So take him to the furnace. Throw him into the furnace. And that was the Nisayon of Ur-Kasdim. This is what Rashi counts as the first two. However, Harambam does not count these two at all. He starts with Lech Lecha Me'artzecha, which is the parasha we learned yesterday. Abraham Avinu was well set in his, in his country there. And going from his country to an unknown place has its risks. And this, but the Kadosh Baruch Hu promised them, don't worry. I'm going to bless you with mamun, with wealth. Your name will be known all over. <coughs> and also, there won't be any problem in having children. Just go. And he did. This is the first one. Now, first question is, Rabbi Yerucham from the Mir Yeshiva asked the following question. 
Why do we need 10? Why do we have to have 10 nisyonot? Isn't the Akedah good enough? Now the Akedah taking a son, the only son, the son he loves, taking him to the slaughter is not good enough? So he says the following. First of all, Hashem knows the outcome. Hashem knows that if he tells Avraham Avinu to go out of his land to a land that he's going to tell him later, or to take his son to the Akedah, or to make the Milan, Hashem knows Avraham Avinu whether he's going to do it or not. That's not, it, that's not a question here. This is for the rest of the people. This is to convince the Olam, the world, that Avraham Avinu was the right choice. Avraham Avinu didn't even have to be subjected to anything. Hashem chose him even from before. Like we say every day, Asher baharta be'Avram. Hashem chose Avram. And you took him out of the fire of Kazdim. Then, He chose him first. Why? Because he knew. He knew that his heart of Abraham Avinu was Ne'eman, was faithful, loyal to HaKadosh Baruch 100%. But this is to convince the world. You know, uh, we say, You should love your God, all your heart, all your soul, all your wealth. Now, why do we have to say all these things? And the Gemara Sanhedrin says, well, some people like their soul, their, their own life, much more, they value their life much more than wealth. Other people, perhaps, they value their wealth much more than their own life. So he says, all of them, I love Hashem with everything. Hashem wanted to convince the world that not only in case of a son or in case of a milah, but in all possibilities that Hashem will tell Abraham to do, he will do it. He will perform it. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Whether it is a question of going out of his land or a different case with the Brit Mila or with the Akedah or with, with the uh, uh, fight with the kings or with taking away Sarah Imenu. All the, all Hashem wanted to look into all possibilities so that everyone would be convinced that Abraham was the right person. But there's one thing that all the poskim, all the mefarshim agree upon as an isayon, and that is the Brit Milah. And I would like to spend a few minutes about that. Now, the Brit Milah, uh, Abraham Avinu performed the Brit Milah on himself at the age of 99. For Ishmael, at the age of 13. And from then on, it's Chakan Ledorot to generations to come. Will be eight days. Now, the Brit Milah is such an important mitzvah that the Gemara in Masechet Nedarim actually extols, uh, glorifies the virtues of the Brit Milah. 
אצטנס רבי ישמעאל אומר, גדולה המילה שנחרטו עליה שלוש עשרה בריתות. The covenant of the brit מילה between הקדוש ברוך הוא ואברהם אבינו. This covenant which is called the brit, that's why I call it brit מילה, was a covenant. There's 13 times the word ברית is mentioned in that passage. רבי יוסי אומר, גדולה מילה שדוחה את השבת. The מילה overrides the שבת. There's only one more thing that overrides the Shabbat, and that is pikuach nefesh. Saving a life. If a person is so sick that he is between life and death, then we can violate the Shabbat for him. But also for the Brit Milah. That tells us that the Brit Milah is at par with pikuach nefesh. Now, the next thing it says, gedolam milah, It's so important that if not for this, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't have actually created the world at all. If not for this covenant that I have, there wouldn't be any Shammayim, there wouldn't be any Eretz, no heavens and no earth. Now, this particular Pasuk, Many Mephashim, they explain it about the Torah. Em no beriti, meaning if not for the berit of the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wouldn't have created the world. But others apply it also to the Milah. Actually, it's because both the Brit Milah and the Torah, they go hand in hand. What does that mean? There is uh, an incident that is uh, noted in the Midrash about Akilas the Geh. Akilas, that, was, that wanted to convert to Judaism. Now normally, anybody who wants to convert to Judaism, they're not that important. But this one was because he was a nephew of the emperor. He was the nephew of Emperor Hadrian. And he went over to his uncle. He says, you know, I want to become a Jew. His uncle says to him, what are you doing? Are you mad? Do you, the Jews, this is the Ambazui, this is the, the worst nation. They always persecuted. I do that myself. I oppress them all the time. Why do you want to go and convert to some, some uh, to a, a religion that's going to be so low? He said, because they have Torah to emit. It's a true Torah. Even a young child knows how Akalishwarko created the world. But Torah is emet. So he says to him, the emperor, listen, whatever you do, go ahead. But one thing you should not do. Do not perform the milah. To which the nephew answered, Uncle, if you take the brightest people in your, in your kingdom, the greatest sages that you have, and you ask them to learn the Torah, Without circumcision, they will never acquire the power, the kowah of the Torah. You must, the milah is important to the point where a person cannot really acquire the, the, the actual uh, uh, strength of the Torah unless he has a brit milah. That's what he said. So they go together. Well, 
maybe this is perhaps this is why in the Brit Mila we say always Keshem just like this child now is entered into the covenant of Abraham and the Bore Olam, then he should also enter in the study and the learning of the Torah. Because now the Brit Milah allows the Torah to be impressed upon the mind of the person. Interesting to note that in the Gemara Masechet Shabbat, it says the following. Kol mitzvah shemasru Yisrael atzman aleha lemita. Any mitzvah that the Bnei Israel actually sacrificed themselves to put their life on the line. Right? Like it says, Kigon Mila, for example, Adain hi muhzeket biadam. It's still in force in their hand. It's prevalent. Everyone does it. And Mila, of course, Masru the Bnei Israel actually, they sacrificed themselves for it. In the darkest ages of the Roman Empire, when the Romans enacted Gezerot Raot, evil decrees, one of them was no Mila. Our ancestors did not listen and they did the Mila. In fact, Gemara says that whenever a person had a Brit Mila, they used to put candles on the window. So that passes by, when they see the candles, they know there's a Brit Milah to be going on over there. Candles. This is why we have candles nowadays in the Brit Milah. And the Sephardim, they have a whole tray of candles that they pass around. And we light candles in the Brit Milah. In order to remember the courage, the conviction of our ancestors at the time, that despite the fact that there were severe punishment for anyone that would perform the Mila that did not deter them from performing the Mila. See, the Gemara was 1,700 years ago. Yet, what was true in the time of the Gemara, it is still true today. The Torah says, the Gemara says that Masru Atzman Aleha it's still in force. It's still in force today. Let me tell you why. Let's go, let's talk about Eris Israel, for example. If I asked you the question, how many people uh, uh, perform the mitzvah of tefillin every single day? How many, what's the percentage of the Jews that put on tefillin every day? What would you say, about 40%, 50%? What's the percentage of the Jews that eat kasher in Eretz Israel? 50%? Let me be generous, 60%. What is the percentage of the Jews in Eretz Israel that perform the Mila? 99%. 99%. That same person who, God forbid, as we shalom, eats terefa, is mehalel Shabbat. When it comes to the Brit Mila, he does it. Muhzeket biyadam. This is, the Gemara says, Masru nafsham aleha, 
because the Bnei Israel sacrificed their life for it. Mohzikir is still in force at all times. Now, we really don't have to go so far as the Roman Empire where the Bnei Israel must throw at Smam. Let's go 40 years ago, 50 years ago, in communist Russia. It was forbidden to do the Demila in Russia. It's forbidden. Anyone that did the Demila, they, they find out about it. It was severe punishment. Perhaps sent to Siberia. And that's almost death over there. Yet, people, many, many Jews performed the Mila anyway. I'm not going to say it was 100% or 99%, but they did. They defied the laws of the country and they did the Mila anyway. Now, let me give you a small, uh, a small incident that I remember. And this is about a certain police chief in Moscow in, uh, in, during the time of the communist era. He called the Mohel that was very well known. He called him in into, into the office. And it brings it him and he says to him, I want you to give me the list of everyone that you performed the Mila on. So the Mohel, of course, would not. Keeps quiet. And call Van on it. Does not answer. No names. Nothing. So the police chief started to scream at him. You better give it to me. Or else I'm going to send you to Siberia. And call the Enone. No answer. Finally, he took his gun, put it on his temple, and he says to him, Unless you tell me who you put, you performed the Milan, I'm going to shoot you. Nothing. No answer. Then he tells everybody around, please, everybody leave. As soon as everyone left, it was only between him and the Mohel. Puts the gun back in his pocket, and then he says to you, he says, Rebbe, forgive me. I had to do this. You see, my wife is Jewish. She gave birth to a baby boy last week, and she insists on making the Mila. But you see, I'm a police chief. I'm afraid. If they find out, I could be in trouble. Now that I know that you will never reveal the names, even if someone wants to kill you for it, he says, now I know I can trust you. Please do the mila for my son. This is the way it was in communist Russia. People did not do the Brit Mila in eight days. They were scared. They, 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 uh, uh, they have the secret service over there that was, that was uh, after them. Sometimes they waited six months, sometimes they waited eight months, maybe a year, and then they did the Brit Mila. Always in hiding, in a basement someplace. But they did do it. Let me show you something. It's a very interesting thing about the Brit Mila. 
that the Mephashim point out. Look, in a Brit Mila, the baby, we cut the skin, blood is running, the baby cries hysterical, yet everyone is happy. What is more precious than a son? We do everything for our children. We sacrifice for them all our life. And yet, here, they're crying. We're happy. We're doing the mitzvah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We spend for a seuda, whatever, 5,000, 10,000, depending on the means of the person. And yet, we're happy. We're joyful. That's a great thing. And we should learn a lesson from this. That all the other mitzvot should be done the same way. Just like we're happy in doing this mitzvah, even though there are problems with it, still, we should do the same thing for all the other mitzvot. That's a great lesson. It's another thing. This is like an isayon, if you want to call it that way. We are we subdue our sechel, our mind, our logic, our logic to the command of Hashem. Our logic, our rationale will say to us, wait a minute, the kid, that's a baby, eight years old, you're going to start cutting him, blood and cry like this. That's what the logic says. But our heart says no. Hashem said, you have to do it, then we do it. This is the one thing that we learn also from the Brit Milan to subdue our logic to our heart. Our heart says, there's a mitzvah from HaGadosh Baruch Hu, I have to do it. My logic says, hey, doesn't look right. We do it anyway. You know, there was once a Roman general by the name of Tornos Rufus Harasha. Yes, Rabbi Akiva. Why, why do you do Brit Mila? What for? You know, after all, you're harming the baby. So he says to him the following. He brings him a, a, a plate with kernels of wheat and another plate with delicious cake. He says, which is better? The kernels of wheat or the cake? So obviously the cake. We see... The kernels of wheat is what Hashem gave us. The cake is what man is doing. Hashem wants us to take action in order to finish the job of the creation of the world. You know, when we say, who created the world in six days and on the seventh day, he rested. He created to do, like in the future. What does that mean? To do. Well, there are, there are a couple of pshatim to do. Some say because there were ten things that were created between benashmashot. Okay, maybe that did not was not done. Then it was created later on. Laasot, but there's another pshat. Asher barai lokim laasot to do for us, to continue, to complete, to finish. And Hashem wants us to be some kind of a shutaf to Him in Ma'aseh Bereshit. And that's the Brit Milah. 
to complete the person. Well, the Kliyaka says something very interesting. I want to finish with this. He says, what's the purpose of the Milan? He says, because you're cutting the Orla. He says, the cutting of the Orla is in order to cut the Orla of the heart, the Orla of the live, Orla to live, he calls it. Orla to live. The heart of a person is full of desires. And there's some spiritual orla in there. Now we cannot take a piece of the heart. That's very harmful. What do we do? We cut a piece of the male organ, which is the same as cutting the, uh, the orla of the limb. What's the idea behind cutting the orla of the limb? The orla is the one that incites the etzerara. When you cut that off, then the person is in, would be in full obedience to the mitzvot of HaKadosh Baruch Otherwise, if we are not going to do the mitzvot of Hashem, God forbid, if we're not going to follow His Torah, then there's no reason for the creation of the world altogether. That's what we said, Im lo beriti, yomam vera hukot shamayu aislosamti. If not for this, then there won't be any reason for the creation of the world. So we have a few uh, uh, a few lessons we learn from here. First, when we do Mizvot, we should do like the Brit Mina with joy and happiness. And secondly, we cut because we're cutting the Orla of the Lev in order to be fully obedient to the Mizvot and the Torah of Akadosh Baruch. Rabutai, just want to wish you Shavuot Tov again. I want you to please uh, heed the fact that uh, this station is doing a lot of good. Try to contribute as much as you can. Also, you know, we have a, a newly renovated social hall at SLC. If you're interested in Nesimha, please contact us. Thank you. Shavuot Tov.